Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard. Carrie and I are so excited to chat with you today, and we've got some words that we're going to say. And some of the words are not daycare words. I will warn you up front, if you have sensitive ears, uh, then you really need to listen to this podcast. (laughs) It's not a, if you have sensitive ears, please skip this one. It's if you have sensitive ears and you don't like to hear four letter words or curse words, I really need you to listen to this podcast. So why is that, Carrie? Why does somebody with sensitive ears need to pay attention to this podcast specifically? Because we're going to talk about um, power words, which is what they're called linguistically, uh, in terms of verbal development with the kids in your program. Okay, so... We've all got that story of that one kid, and in my case, it's my own kid, who you vividly remember the first time they use that four-letter word, and um, sometimes it's used correctly. In other words, it is because they dropped something or something fell or fell in their lap or whatever. Sometimes it's a word that they've just used in conversation. So how, how does that differ? Okay, so the the first thing is that there's two ways that children use curse words. Um, and one is they're using it appropriately because it is the language that they have learned at home. And then there is they're using it to try to get a reaction out of the adults in the room. <laughs> so those are two different ways. And one is the, the one where they're using it appropriately is the one that seems to upset teachers more. And my issue is that if that is learned vocabulary, because um, in the example, you know, that pops into my head, um, they have a family member who says, what's up, bitch? Okay, if that's how their mom greets all of their friends, all their female friends, then the child saying, what's up, bitch? in the classroom is appropriate language development and it freaks people out but it wouldn't freak people out if they said please pass the mayonnaise which is also appropriate language acquisition they're learning the language that is spoken around them and those words aren't inherently bad if they if you're telling the child that those words are bad what you're saying is your parents are bad and that's a problem. Okay, so as a teacher, you hear your you hear children in your classroom one maybe greet each other with the greeting you just mentioned. What's up, bitch? Um, how do you as a director help the teacher not panic, not try to um, I don't want to say discipline, but to encourage the child to not use that word, to say things like that word is not an appropriate word in our classroom. How, as a director, do you help the teacher get past their own biases and, you know, again, be culturally sensitive? Because, again, um, depending on the background of the teacher and the background of the family, 
sometimes those words, again, can be part of everyday life, like you mentioned. And so how do we, um, as professionals, help our teachers transition um, and and model um, appropriate verbiage and wordage? I mean, I think the first thing is it's training, giving your staff training on this before it happens. So it should be part of your orientation into all of the classrooms where children speak. So maybe this doesn't need to be part of the orientation in your baby room, but in your toddler, preschool, and school-age classrooms, you need to put this into the orientation, I think. I think that's a great idea. What about, should this become something that, especially if you have um, a culturally diverse population in your program, and again, understanding Uh, Diversity, equity, inclusion has become like all of the buzz phrases right now across all industries. And we are in a position to truly model what diversity, equity, and inclusion should look like to children and families at a very, very young age. Yeah. I personally would love to see this kind of, even if it's 30 minutes twice a year, to be something that became a regular component of training uh, to uh, teachers. And and I'm going to say this in a way that I'm sure is probably not politically correct, but if you are a program with a lot of um, single ethnic staff. Well, I don't know that it's even ethnicity. I think it's... (laughs) If you've got a lot of kit, a lot of clientele who listen to music with explicit lyrics, if you've got staff who, you know, um, one of my best friends, um, her husband would curse a blue streak and it was, he wasn't mad at anything. That was just, he dropped F-bombs left, right, and center And so his kids are very comfortable dropping F-bombs and hell and damn and, you know, all of that. And, you know, that's just because he grew up with that being part of the thing. So I don't know that it's necessarily ethnicity. I think it's... But I think there's a part... I guess what I'm saying is I think there's there's a component of that. So if you have a very... if, if, If you have a very homogeneous... You know, or not homogeneous, but basically a single culture staff right and you have a very diverse population as far as parents and children i think you need to understand and have an opportunity to learn their language and how they use things yes and i think it's also important to respect the staff who or parent you know the members of your community who say were raised in a conservative religious background Um, Exactly. And so whether they were raised Southern Baptist or whether they were raised um, uh, conservative Jew, you know, Hasidic Jewish or whatever, they're going to have a very different relationship to language than somebody who was raised with, you know, Tupac Shakur, (laughs) um, Biggie Smalls. And I don't know who's cursing in rap music right now because I'm bad about keeping up with that. But, (laughs) you know, but again, but but you brought up a great point, right? So when you start talking about the music that people listen to, again, as a director, I think it's important to understand your own biases when it comes to how old are you? Yep. 
what is the music that you think is appropriate to listen to? And how did you feel when you were a kid when your parent judged you and your your music choices? And okay, maybe Carrie, this doesn't apply to you, but it definitely applied to me. <laughs> and, and so I am sure that as a director, you probably have staff who listen to music that just makes you go, A, that doesn't sound like music. And what in the heck are those words coming out of those people's mouths? I mean, and, I had that, you know, as a teenager. <laughs> Right. So we have a lot of so we have a lot of generational components that we don't necessarily when we talked about um, understanding the generations that you have in your staff and, and past episodes. I don't think we've ever really talked about the music component and how that affects language learning. And I think that this is a great topic. And I think that it could be something that as a, a program, you could really get excited about exploring from a training perspective, because I know that sometimes, especially if you're delivering what feels like the same training topic every year or a couple of times a year even, that if you took this from a perspective of language and music and you looked at the different types of music that perhaps your families listen to, and again, what a great survey to send out to your parents. Hey, what are the the, the, the radio stations that you listen to? What are the radio Might stations or... or- Spotify, you know, Spotify stations. And also, or if you don't want to go that route, you could also say, what are the five songs that play in your house most often that are not kids bop? <laughs> that are not well, kids but even the But even the kids bop songs, I mean, it, it's important to know if they're listening to kids bop, because again, you'll hear kids that will go, oh, I know this song. And you might be horrified that they know that song, except what they know is the kids bop version, right? right so you right. have to know. There, I guess. There has to be some. I guess. But part of what I'm getting at with the language acquisition is what is the music that they're exposed to? You know, you were talking before about your daughter who started yelling, hell yeah, because who is that? Was that, whose song is that? Is that Shania? No. Um, it's Redneck Woman. <laughs> Redneck Woman is the song, but it's not Shania Twain. Um, so anyway, so. I'm sure I'll remember her name later. So, you but, know. But yeah, so, th- but I, but where I was going with the, there's a couple of advantages to know what kind of music that they listen to. Because if you do find that a lot of your staff listen to radio and listen to the same kinds, then maybe that is a channel you might even consider from a marketing standpoint. Because apparently, you know, and it also may give you some insight into the types of clients that your program seems to attract. Um, You know, if everybody listens to KUT and if you're in Austin, that's the classic music university channel, you know, that's very different than if everybody is listening to a, you know, country Western or 80s rock or current. Or talk radio. Or talk radio, or Tejano, um, you know, whatever the 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 radio station is. And again, I think this is a great opportunity to turn around and get your staff to help lead conversations, um, to get your parents involved. Because I think that if you do not have the background to, don't try to fake this. So please, 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 that's my biggest thing with this is if you don't understand the music and the language that are being used around your house, around the houses in your community or your children's community, um, don't try to fake it. Ask the questions, get the parents to help you. Because again, just because it's something that you personally grew up finding an okay phrase that now is considered offensive um again make sure that you're aware of your own um yeah and i'm gonna go with language learning yeah you know so when we're talking about power words 
you know, they're the words that you yell when you're hurt, when you're frustrated, or when you want to emphasize that this is your person, right? So you use them, um, or when you want to, um, call somebody a name, right? So kids start off with like, you're a doo-doo head. You have a poopy face, (laughs) right? So that's how they start with part of those power words, right? Right. And then- Well, it's like, oh, oh, snap. Like, okay, I'm going to date myself, right? Or my, at least the age of my kids. Right. Oh, snap. Or, you know, you know, um, my grandmother, our grandmother used to say, darn it. Right. Darn it is a power word. Um, And there are people for whom darn it is not an acceptable childcare word because it is too obviously connected to damn it. And so they don't think that darn it is an appropriate childcare word. So, you guys have to, as a staff, come to some understanding about how are you going to address these things when they come up and which words are going to be okay for your classroom. You can say that that is not a word we use in our classroom, but you can't say that that's a potty word or that's a bad word. And and I'm saying you can't. <laughs> I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm saying If you say that that is a bad word and it is a word that their mother, their father, their grandfather, their uncles, they all use, then by extension, what you, the teacher or you, the director are saying to that child is that your parent, your grandparent is bad because the words they use are bad. And you also don't want to say that they're potty words because... Good Lord, we don't need them to think that the potty is a bad thing. We just spent two years (laughs) trying to get them potty trained. Okay, so, and also, you know, there's that whole, well, if you want to say those words, you got to go in the bathroom. Okay, how many times in your life, Kate, how many times in your life have you just sat on the potty and said curse words? Like, is this a normal part of your life? Is that where you normally curse is sitting on the pot? No, but maybe I should, you know, that might be, might be a better place to say it. Um, because they are words that, you know, I mean, you know, shit is a word I use a lot. And so, you know, that would be a good place for me to use that word. And anytime I am frustrated and I want to go use that word, maybe I should put myself in the bathroom in a little timeout and I can go shit and damn and fuck all I want in the bathroom. <laughs> so Right, hmm. but do we want the kids I, I, I may, to think, I may have a <laughs> Do we want the kids Sorry. to think that that is because that's not real. That's not where those words are used. That is inauthentic. So, so you can't say though to... that it's not a ru- a word we use in this classroom, and there, you know, we don't use subdural hematoma on the playground. That's not a word you use there. So you can talk about the appropriate place for the word. So, okay, so let's talk about that a little bit. You make that statement to a child and the child's going to go, why? Because that's not a word we use in our classroom. Why? It is not a word we use in our classroom. I just repeat the statement over and over. That's not one that I I feel you need to justify. If you say, (laughs) if you do feel you need to justify it, then you say, the reason we don't is because some parents would get upset if their children used those words. And I don't want anybody else to get in trouble. And that's, again, being honest and being authentic. Because the reason, the only reason that you can't be dropping F-bombs in the classroom is that some parents are going to freak out. (laughs) 
So especially if their kid comes home and uses that f bomb, absolutely. Right. So and so, so is there that's a, a that's an authentic answer? Is I don't want other kids to get in trouble because some families don't use that word. I think that is a great that like that should that in itself should be almost like you know bumper sticker. It's definitely if you've ever attended a workshop with me and I hand you instead of handing you a bunch of handouts, I hand you an index card. This should be on the top of the index card <laughs> because. It is um, from from especially if you have school age kids. This is a great opportunity to even sit around and talk about that kind of stuff in a school age group because they'll all understand that they've got friends who get in trouble for different things. Yeah, your 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 two year olds and your your toddler, you know, your toddlers and your preschoolers. Yeah, you can't really have a sit around and have a conversation about words and language well, with them. You can a little bit. And um, anytime this came up in my preschool classes, and this was not my idea. One of my preschool teachers came up with this was that as soon as the power words that were not some words that she felt were appropriate for the classroom, because um, at that school, I didn't have school agers. So this was just a preschool issue. Or I didn't have them yet at that school. I don't know. So she had a she had a class meeting and said, "Okay, well, guys, we need to come up with a word that in our classroom we yell when we're frustrated or we're hurt, because people are trying all kinds of different words, and some of them are going to make mommies and daddies unhappy. Um, so let's talk about it." And she wrote down absolutely every word that the kids suggested including the f-bombs and the you know you know douche and you know all kinds of words that these kids who were between three and five had heard people yell when they were frustrated or hurt and so they wrote she wrote them all down and then said okay well a lot of these words I don't I can't allow in our classroom because I don't want anybody to get in trouble with mommies and daddies um, and so they, you have a class meeting and they come up with words that are the words that they're going to use in their classroom. And the favorite one and the one I still use that was ever come created by a classroom was pickle farts. Pickle farts is a great thing to yell when you stub your toe. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, part of what you want in an English curse word is you want um, you want something that has a, a a strong consonant like a D or a P uh, or a T, and then you want some sort of syllabant. So you want a sh or a f or something like that. And so pickle farts handles that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Carrie's next sticker will be pickle farts. <laughs> um <laughs> well i haven't even but, figured out how to sell the stickers i do have i really need to get <laughs> on that um so if anybody wants a super director or i'm not a babysitter sticker you know shoot me an email and i'll figure out a price and i'll i'll mail it to you <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully we've given you um some some things to think about um we've definitely hopefully given you um some suggestions for staff meetings, for potential staff training. Uh, if you aren't really comfortable with this topic, give Carrie a call. Um, give her an email. Uh, reach out to us at hello at colorfulclipboard.com. And we will be happy to make arrangements to come and lead a, a staff training for you. Uh, we love to do staff training. We do it all over the state of Texas. And um 
And we'll do it other places if it's a fun place to travel to. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we will do it to other places if it's a fun place to travel to. But, um, you know, so hopefully we've given you um, a little bit to think about today. And hopefully you will find your power words and you'll be able to realize whether or not your power words are appropriate for the classroom. And with that... Uh, please do not pickle fart uh, while you are sitting here driving um, on your way to work today. So have a wonderful afternoon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director where we continue to have seminars, licensing, programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.